And welcome to the Horror Hour, the show where we discuss, debate, and disagree on all things horror. I'm one of the hosts here, Yutaka. Hello. And then I'm joined by my co-host, George. Good afternoon, morning, and night, because we're all different time zones. But hello. I should just say hello. I always do that. And then I think, because you never know when people are going to be watching. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) I track that out. And then today, we're really excited. We're actually joined with um, some more VHS 94 folks. We've got um, writer-director Ryan Prowse. Hello. And then we've got actor Christian Lloyd, who was Commandant Greg. Hello. And then Stephen McCarthy, who was Jimmy. Yo. (laughs) What was was your uh, designation? Fanzer Purst, Jimmy, or something. I, I feel like you just came up with that in an email last week. Um, <laughs> so, well, I guess the first question uh, is, how does it feel to have the biggest premiere ever on Shutter? Fucking this- did it. Can yeah. you curse it? Is this a cursing zone? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we fucking did it. I think, I think Ryan called this shot. He called it from the time we were on set. He just like, he 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 was like Babe Ruth. He was like, "This is this is gonna hit, no problem." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We were kind of just, I don't know, like maybe too full of ourselves with how well we knew we were doing and how well it was gonna go over. Yeah, we were just more worried about the other films if they'd be able to keep up. Frankly, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, I mean it's been like such a. And then in, in the short space of time as well, like I think it was only like a week after it even aired, they were like, oh no, this is like, this is huge. And so, and for that to be as well, part of a franchise that's already, you know, there's a lot of, especially in horror movies, there's a lot of, you know, um, things people think, oh, the further on you get with these, like any franchise that it can dwindle, um, which is obviously isn't always the case. And this is definitely one of those times where I think, you know, this just brought like a, a breath of fresh air to the whole, not just VHS and horror, but just to also to found footage, because I'm a huge fan of found footage films. They're my favorite type of um, horror movie. So this, to see all of them, and I just think having all of them together and having those different stories, just it makes it just a, such an interesting film because you get these glimpses into these worlds and you're like, well, hang on, where else could this go? Um, but obviously, so you kind of basically rounded off the movie um, with the terror, did when you're sort of um, told, you know, or asked to do these segments, do they like kind of tell you where about you're going to go? Or is it just kind of you're just going to do it and we'll place you wherever? Uh, yeah, no, they had they had, a, I think, a little bit of a <clears throat> idea going into it just for, off of script and script length and everything. Um, and I think the only thing that swapped was um Chloe's segment and Simon's segment, the first two, I think Simon was initially slotted to, to go first and then they swapped it around. But um, yeah, it was it was from, from uh, I think once they had all the scripts together, they kind of knew at least a uh, rough order. <clears throat> and I think that's how the other ones worked too, is they had um, kind of gone into it, you know, with an idea and then, and then 
I guess, sort of see how it plays all together. It was cool. Like I actually hadn't, um, I'd seen all the segments. I hadn't seen Timo's until like pretty close to air. Um, I'd seen like a rough version of his, but it was really cool to see them all together and play and, you know, in a line. And it makes such a difference of like, uh, I don't know, the, the ups and downs are really fun to kind of watch through the whole thing. So uh, I'm curious then too, as, as the actors, because, well, I think it was Simon or if he, it was either how you described this or how Simon described this, but um, like a Monty Python version of white supremacy, which <laughs> it made me laugh, I, but I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's hilarious. So uh, um, as an all white supremacy, Monty Python version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But I have to ask then, um, as the actors, when you read this script, um, what were your thoughts? Christian, come on down. Here, come uh, on down. <laughs> well, it's funny because when I read it, it, it sort of reads like um, an action, uh, you know, your sort of typical action um, film. And, and I think when I sort of tapped into it, it was like, how can I... As, as someone who's not that person at all, invest in this character. And by doing that, you know, just the way that I, I personally look, uh, which yes, uh, Ryan likes to say, uh, Steve Bannon uh, <laughs> prototype. Um, <laughs> Steve Bannon's a little, but, little bro. But, yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I've, I've said that before myself, but just the fact that, that you know, just physically me being this guy, um, that's the comedy in it. So the more that I invest and the more that I sort of, throw myself into his truth then the comedy is just there as a given um but it was nothing that we sort of you know i think we were all up to play and the play just created this insane world of these characters and we all gelled together instantly so i think for us i mean there was definitely a time where ryan was like okay guys that's as far as we're going to lean that way you know let's just sort of rope this back uh but i will say the driving force of this film is ryan incredible mm-hmm. laugh because Ryan has this laugh that is so infectious and you know that there's something really wrong but hilarious and brilliant <laughs> happening and so the more we got that laugh between him and a good friend of his Benjamin Kitchens who's the DP listening to the two of them and their shorthand we sort of always knew that we were on the right track and and definitely walking the tightrope the right way so mm-hmm. uh in terms of of attacking it as oh we're these people i don't think that ever went in our heads uh, we just sort of went with the story that was written but obviously what's come out of that is this hilarious dark awful reality i i was just so excited that someone had written something that was actually about something scary in our world today <laughs> um that's what inspired me the most and i i don't know if if i got it it must have been after after january 6th but you know the whole world was still reeling, you know, even, even, even us, 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 us Canadians looking, you know, looking, looking over our shoulders at everything going down in, uh, in that country down there, we, you know, yeah. we were, every, was, I think the whole world was like, oh, it's, it's finally, it's finally, it's finally coming apart at the seams, you know, like we, like, like it seems to have been. Um, and so to have something to, to me, one of the, my favorite things about genre is that, you know, it's, it's that old adage, you know, if you want to, if you want a man to tell you the truth, let him put on a mask. And, and I feel like horror is one of those things that you can kind of um, enjoy the tropes 
and it can let you see something that is actually quite frightening and scary. And so we, we had a blast, like Christian said, on set making it. Um, and it was so fun and such a kind of collective uh, Ryan made such a kind of open-minded and kind of best idea wins type of atmosphere. There was no sort of egos. He cast, he, somehow he cast all of these people, you know, from, from tape and from zoom meetings and it, everyone really had the same kind of working methodology and no bullshit. And, and, and when I saw the film, I was surprised at how strangely realistic it actually seemed. I thought, I thought it would be a bit more, I thought it would be a bit more the office or waiting for Guffman a little bit. I think it, I thought I thought it would let people off the hook a little bit. And there's something I don't know if it's maybe, you know, maybe George wants to speak to the kind of found footage quality. It makes it or maybe it's just the, what, what we know is real and in, in the news every day. And, you know, QAnon supporters waiting for JFK Jr. And you know what I mean? Like that's fucking you can't write something funnier than that. Um, and so I think it, it, and it, scarier and scarier. Yeah. yeah. And so we're, we're not at arm's length anymore looking at these people laughing at them we're kind of like you know they, they they are among us you know <laughs> like it's real <laughs> be be afraid yeah no it's definitely that and then we're talking about sort of again like the approach to it um ryan like what what came first the white supremacists or the vampires in your <laughs> mind for the story the chicken or the egg uh, yeah. <laughs> uh i had a while ago i did have an idea for the vampire and it was more of like a um like uh, four li- like four lions, you know, you're actually living with a terror cell and, of, of vampires that are going to do this uh, thing. And um, after the, uh, the idea for this short specifically came from um, when they were uh, the plot to kidnap the Michigan governor um, and they kind of just like, no one talked about it after, after I mean, it didn't happen, but then everyone kind of just moved on. Um, and that was then like, you know, sort of the idea of like, oh, that's actually better. Um, that is terrorism and even a more present real terrorism that no one's really talking about. I mean, like even, you know, pitching it around, you're like, uh, it's white supremacy, it's white terrorism, but like, you don't like everyone sort of trips up on it. It's like, these are fucking terrorists, you know? So it was, I, I just felt like that's such a good, marriage of those two concepts and uh uh so vampire first into the terrorism thing uh the militia thing but i feel like that was like the only way that that initial vampire idea was going to work or the best way it was going to work was to uh step outside of it a little bit and have like other guys using it you know as a weapon more so than you're with the with the vampires and it being like a fun reveal, you know. <clears throat> well, I, love, I mean, like, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, I never, um, when watching it, obviously until the end that that you see that. But I mean, the bunny exploding was probably I'm like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> Phoebe, <laughs> yeah, the first part of the cause. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite ad libs. <laughs> um, yeah, and that was like. I got presented two separate rabbits to use and like he- rabbit headshots and sent them to my wife. And I was like, which one? She was like, not Phoebe. I was like, okay, awesome. Phoebe's the one. Cause uh, like, yeah, it's the, most... the, the cute one. Yeah. yeah the, killing the cutest one. Fuzzy, cute, <laughs> bunny. You do not want to see get exploded. <laughs> well, Phoebe. <laughs> RIP <Yeah>. Phoebe. <laughs> 
And then not um, really. No bunnies were harmed, et cetera. <laughs> et cetera. <laughs> yeah. So where <clears throat> now this was all shot up uh, or shot in Canada. Is that correct? I think mm-hmm. where you all are on with um, I'm curious just with the setting and all where where in Canada was this filmed? It was outside of Toronto and a, a let's see it wasn't Hamilton was the main city and then what what was the actual little hamlet we were in? we were in Burlington kind of area Burlington. yeah like in That's a in was. a someone's crazy farm complex thing that the <laughs> set designer and set deck team just transformed over the course of like five days or something insane yeah they went in it was it was wild they were like basically you know shifts sleeping there just building that out it, it, it was so cool uh josh turpin was the uh production designer and he would like you know either just like facetime me or call and be like how about this i'm thinking i've got a new idea for you know like i'm gonna build out a whole obstacle course there. i'm like incredible go keep going please it was so cool it was it was wild like uh i don't know probably a day or two like everyone all the actors had moved into the um hotel and then probably like and that was like a day or two before we started shooting and I just went down there that night and like yeah it felt like stepping into another world like the whole barn had been built out um they built the um the cage was actually in uh the hayloft so you did walk up into it like up a ladder to get to it and everything um it was incredible they did such great work um with I mean truly you know turned a little into a lot it was it was wild i I sometimes i I just had this thought i kind of wonder you know like canadians have such a a history probably most americans don't even think about it but saturday live and sctv and sort of like so so much satire about america is done by canadians in america (laughs) (laughs) and i i i I, it strikes me that i i wonder exactly what the difference would have been if you had had like American actors who who maybe were more prone to the like the excitement of like actually embodying the 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 sort of heroic sides of these guys or right. like you know the or the action hero part as as Christian talked about. I wonder I wonder if there would be any difference because it is it is funny to think that it is indeed like a kind of a satire on on America from a slightly with a little bit of a Canadian content point of view in your casting. I don't know. Yeah, growing up in. It, and it, I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, but like shooting in Georgia and doing that type of satire in Georgia as well. Yeah, you're right. It did not go over. It, it was a lot harder to kind of pull off and like be sly about, you know, like it wasn't mm-hmm. a thing to sort of consider. <laughs> well, one, one thing I just wanted to add was uh, just talking about the set that so often, you know, you'll do a shot where you're, you know, coming out of the house and that location is 20 miles away from the next scene where you're walking into. So to have the luxury of our set being, you know, this this sort of, you know, plastic set where, you know, you'd go from here to there in the reality of your walking was just amazing as an actor. And I think that really helped place us in that environment more so than anything I think I've ever shot because, you know, there, there was nothing that was built that wasn't an existing foundational you know uh in, environment yeah they were so smart about how they built and you're right like how they built into everything and used everything there and like i mean he found it was just a like it was a farm house and a workshop but like uh i think um 
it was like a widow owned it and her husband was the one who had the workshop and everything and he had passed away so like all of the stuff was just sitting in there and they used a lot of they pulled a lot of that stuff out and used it and um it was it was wild it was like it was kind of above and beyond like um i mean we we often joke we probably shot enough for a feature but like we could have just straight up i don't know like had another week there and 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 turned a feature and just off of all of the uh he built out the whole like i mean he didn't have like all the bedding but he built out like the barracks i wish we could have shot more in there it was incredible oh, wow. like mm-hmm. this like <laughs> workshop that like all the other guys are and like uh we had a shot but we ended up cutting it but like and you do see a little bit in the, in the film but like um there's a house on the uh on the property that like Hair Commandant Greg is basically taken over and like all the other guys are just sleeping out in the woodshed. It's like, incre- <laughs> like <laughs> the hierarchy of like wolves built even just in the, on the property was really great. <laughs> yeah. I'm still pushing, I'm still pushing Ryan and, and pushing Shutter to, tr- to release the director's cut at some point. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> the, just the, it's just the extras. Uh, Ryan, Ryan, we, 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 Ryan's script was so tight that part of our process was we had time because, you know, because partially because of the found footage nature of it having to look like they shot it themselves, we, we weren't doing setups and lighting and like, you know, move in on this person and coverage on this person. You know, it would be like, you do a four page scene all of a sudden it'd be like, I guess it's lunch. Like we'd be like 9am. We'd be like, and so Ryan did a lot of uh, taking advantage of that time to shoot other stuff that some of which ended up in the movie, but a lot of which didn't, including interviews with different, uh, you know, kind of um, militia members about their roles and their, you know, personal squabbles and almost like, you know, almost like, um, you know, a reality TV show where you're kind of having the confessional kind of nature of kind of thing. And he would ask prompting kind of improv questions. So you're basically improving with Ryan as the off-camera voice, you know, being like, uh, what, what did, did you pissed in Steve's shoe last week? What happened with that? You know, he just asked these little prompts <laughs> and you just go. And so um, some, somewhere, somewhere someday <laughs> that's going to see the light of day and it'll, it will all be richer for it. Well, that's it's got to be at least, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, that's fine. We we can keep talking because it segues perfectly into the next question, which is: Would you like to further explore this universe in some way with some sort of, as you said, the director's cut there? But do you think there is more that can be told with either these characters or, or these this these vampire the, the vampire on the others that are around? Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, I, hell yeah. I mean, uh, the biggest question we kept like kicking back and forth on the uh, on the set was like. How did these guys get a hold of the vampire in I would, the first place? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's Everybody a cool story. Theory. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because the costume design gives you some clues, you know, that he's kind of like in a suit and that he's he seems to be maybe like a banker or a financial, like he's he's got some sort of, you know, he's a youngish guy. So I love all those questions about how did they figure it out? You know, what was the what was the sign from God that led them to this thing? How did they test the theory? How did they, in fact, you know, kidnap you know, the, the guy? And it's there's so much there that's actually amazing questions. And just, I mean, it was again a testament to the uh, yeah to the to the cast and like it was so fun, but like it like it did it felt like on one hand, you know, it's like it's a one and done. It was it's really awesome like it felt like it built a, an awesome like a bigger world and a it, like fuller you know rich characters out of it but then on the other hand it does it was so fun and you do have so much more I feel like gas in the tank there of like um 
yeah, I don't know. Like you could you could do definitely another at least a felt like a feature out of it just because it was uh unfortunately one uh the uh the militia stuff's not going away anytime soon <laughs> so yeah sadly um, that's true and uh uh yeah i don't know like i i had such a it was like um it was so fun like pushing the the vampire element itself like as far as we went with it and kind of having fun and doing different stuff with that but like you know that to me is like okay how do you you're almost building a new lore so it's yeah there's so much like fertile ground in there but i mean speaking of fertile ground for satire i mean i i i kept joking i said this would literally be the the show that would freak people out if you did a, if you did like an office version or a, like a limited <laughs> series of these guys as you kind of got to know their daily life and and how you know their their their, their bible meetings or their the practice of like you know kind of like you know what has cube been saying lately or like just you know the, like the, the it, it's it it would you would not have to you could play it so straight and it would be so horrifying because everyone's fucking uncle is out there like doing this stuff now and it's and it's actually the one thing that i think maybe other than maybe the race that actually is a wound that would be really fun to actually press on and make people squirm so i i really thought what an amazing oh, yeah. series this would be to kind of because because in a series you know you get to know these people and you're supposed to like them you know in american you know kind of parlance <laughs> but like something something that really cut hard like the like the, the british office but about these guys just going about their daily lives, trying to, you know, make their, make their, make their life and raise their, you know, get the rent covered and shit like that. I just, I think it's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. We did also kind of like, yeah, I mean, again, and just having fun and all those improvs and stuff like that, that reminded me of like digging into like, who's actually like married, who's like kind of like got kids who stepped away from their family to like come camp out for a bit. Like, I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's, tons of stuff to do with that um but yeah come on shutter biggest yeah. uh, <laughs> yes. i feel like uh terror is at least one fourth responsible or one fifth responsible for the biggest uh <laughs> oh. uh screening so okay. help hey, us out i mean i want to see more of commandant greg because that was hilarious um but as you guys said that you know as i was watching it i was laughing but again yes with everything that's gone on in america i was like oh this Oh, this this hits a little deeper than I was expecting. Um, so I'm glad there was. I mean, we were you're making that satire, but I really enjoyed it. The only thing I have to also am curious about is the bell. That that alarm. <laughs> I can tell you, as I, I was watching it, that it was so jarring, and I'm just wondering how that was for everyone else. Well, that bell did not exist yeah. <laughs> on on set. We didn't ring the bell. Oh, yeah. so is it just that's, Ryan that's shouting little, "Go, go, go"? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Little> movie magic. <laughs> well, that scene um, where where I'm shooting uh, the prisoner the second time, and I'm like, "Someone shut off that fucking bell!" You know, that was just a, a a moment of me in total quiet, being like, "Someone turn off the fucking bell!" <laughs> it just works so beautifully with with you know with that. Yeah, yeah it's an awful effect. Yeah, it comes at the perfect time too, because you know, uh, we got to see it twice with an audience, which was really awesome at uh, uh, Fantastic Fest and Beyond Fest. But um, you can feel everybody being like, "All right, that's enough with the bell." And 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 Commandant Greg comes in right at the moment. I'm like, someone shut off that fucking bell, please, God. <laughs> so you know, uh, it's uh, uh, 
it's a, a cinematic uh, weaving of sorts, if you will. Just uh, playing with the audience, putty in my hands with mm -hmm. uh, annoying the fuck out of them with a bell. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was like, you're like, for God's sake. So it, you kind of, I didn't, I never thought I would relate to Greg so much. Um, exactly. <laughs> We're all human. Yeah. We all hate that was the one time. <laughs> Let me make that clear. That was the time. I'm talking about the bell, guys. Okay, nothing else than this. <laughs> yeah. Thing. Yeah. Exactly. Um, well, so talking about that, that's post. I was interested to know how much of the effects were VFX compared to like practical throughout um, throughout it as well. Yeah, we did everything practically, and then some VFX augmentation. But um, uh, shouts out to Patrick McGee. Uh, he designed and built the creature and i guess like i can give it away now because he did a, a really cool uh, fangoria interview where he talked specifically about it so <sighs> i was like i don't i don't really know that am i allowed to talk about how he did it or what the deal is but uh um it was so cool he, it was so smart he like um he 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 fabricated uh the ratma creature as well for chloe's mm -hmm. segment um i can't remember someone actually are you guys are having clothing on there she can talk about it whatever but um <laughs> mm -hmm. uh for the vampire uh you know it was so like he was in LA we're we're in Toronto um so he was like uh had to figure out how to do it super lo-fi and the actor actually uh uh puts his hands into it so he's puppeteering the mouth himself with his hands it was just like genius I don't like it was such a cool, very easy, like understandable thing to sort of like you could, he was telling me about it. And I was like, oh, that's going to work really awesome. Mm -hmm. um, so because we were initially talking about, oh, do you do like, I don't know, servos and weird whatever kind of stuff. And um, I, all of that would have definitely failed with how cold it was there because everything else was uh, was like falling apart technically. Um, so mm -hmm. I'm really glad that he did just the hand puppet <laughs> monster. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, James Sled did our uh, explosions, and those were really fun. I the second one when uh, when Slavic when Steve blows up, he was like, uh, "How big do you want the explosion?" I was like, "Well, I mean, however, the bigger you can make it, the funnier it will be." And he was like, "Oh, I can get it over the barn. It'll be taller than the barn." So it's just like, well, "All right, do that, please." <laughs> and um, I don't know his name, uh, unfortunately, but the, uh, the the actual stunt dude who was there, I've never seen something like this. He, you know, he'd already gotten killed by uh, friendly fire and was laying on the ground, you know, like safe distance from it. But uh, you can actually watch the footage. He does not, that's not a dummy. He doesn't move. The explosion goes off right near him and he doesn't flinch, doesn't move anything. It was incredible. <laughs> That's dedication to your craft. Yeah, uh, something. Uh, inhuman ability to not flinch at large, <laughs> very large barn tall explosions. <laughs> I still remember getting my makeup done for my, my final like death and everything. And it was the scene, Christian was shooting in the barn. And so I'm like, I don't know, 500 feet away or so in the house you know in another room in another thing and he was shoot doing the scene with the m16 where he shoots up into the hayloft and i just about jumped out of my fucking chair like you know, <laughs> just doing makeup on my i'm like what the 
the sound of these things was it was insane not to mention the 50 cal day which was everyone's you know kind of like <laughs> everyone wet their yeah. hands a little bit yeah oh. <laughs> it was cold um and actually uh the practical effects uh we i got to sit down with um pat and that was very interesting oh you guys talked to him yeah he's yeah so um like how the design and the fact that you know he's creating this and it has to get shipped like he's not there on set to be able to make any of the finishing touches so then he's got a team there well you all had a sorry team. for shouting out fangoria i didn't know you guys did an interview with, like fuck that other one no no we love fangoria but we're... <laughs> no was... no fuck them horror hour all day yeah fangoria out <laughs> Yeah, if, yeah, if we, we 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 like we well we say we like we love VHS ninety four. So if anyone that's got anything to do with it, we're like, please let us talk to you. That's <laughs> incredible. Yeah, yeah he's a, he. I mean, he he does like really great stuff, but he's such a smart guy and um, thoughtful about it, and you know, obviously very knowledgeable. So like, it was just really like a treat to you know. He was asked. He was like, "Okay, well, he read the read the script and was like, what are you thinking?'" And I threw out an idea, but it was like, "Yo, dude, like you're the beast. Like, go off and do whatever you want. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna tell you how to do something <laughs> incredible." And he <laughs> he delivered in spades. Mm-hmm. And Daniela on, and her team on set doing some of the other oh. stuff was yeah, yeah. They did all the actual um like the application and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they killed it. Um, yeah, they, they kept having to deal with uh, the blood freezing in the tubes itself. So, like, man. It was very cold. <laughs> How cold uh, was it up there? Good Lord. Or, I guess, when about were you all filming then? It was in February, February. like early February. Wow. It was cold. Cold. Um, coldest time. <laughs> the coldest time. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Coldest, driest, coldest time. <laughs> Um, one thing I just wanted to add about the explosion is uh, Daniela came up to me and, you know, was basically applying the, the sort of dirt to my face, but I had no idea that it was like a Bugs Bunny explosion dirt. <laughs> like, I thought it was just like a bit on my eye, a bit on my thing, you know, and when I came up and did that whole scene, I had no clue what was on my face. And when I went back in to sort of warm up after, I was like, oh my God, this is, this is insane. And yeah, it was completely it was so, blacked out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. She kept looking at me like, is that, I'm like, no, keep going. <laughs> like, that's great. <laughs> so, um, well, I, I'm curious too, how was it also, because I believe you guys were also filming during, um, was lockdown happening um mm-hmm. during oh, oh yeah big time did that change any of the elements of the story or um the process you were taking with this film yeah for sure i mean you know indie filmmaking is like you got to kind of be water with it anyways just because you got to flow with with what's happening so it was just an added extra it, jennifer a reader like put it so well like in some other interviews i was doing with her she you know she's like filmmaking is hard enough and then like you know you can't like every like the local stores like the big box chains or whatever you know they didn't have they had to have essentials there and like so they'd gotten rid of all their you know you normally go get a pack of t-shirts or whatever even that you had to get ordered and shipped to you so it was like um it was definitely like 
having to plan all of that stuff ahead of time, having to kind of know, even before I left LA uh, to go, like, you know, I was there two weeks ahead of time to quarantine and you do all that. But like, uh, we were trying to get as much stuff ordered and sort of figured out um, costuming wise, um, effect, everything like uh, up there before I even touched down. And then uh, we found the, like they had scouted and found the, the farm um, before I got there. So that was actually super, um, super helpful. But um, everything else was like, you know, trying to get uh, the props or the wardrobe, any of that stuff had to be either ordered or kind of, I don't know, sort of sorted out. And then on top of that, you're quarantining, you're testing, you're like, you got to be safe with all that, but that's like just, you know, another headache added to it and another cost and everything. So yeah, it was, it was like. There was other, also all, the, the very totally mind blowing moment when on the last day we, there was, we had a little party, you know, we were all together in this hotel for this, the time, you know, we're all supposed to sort of stay in our rooms and, you know, you know some, some of us, Christian and I have known each other for like 20 years. So, so we were hanging out a little bit and then people would come to my room and stuff like that. Anyway, the last night, then everyone is in a room with their masks off because everyone's like, fuck it, who cares now? We're done. And nobody's face makes sense because everyone has a different face oh, yeah, than you yeah, imagined from wild. their voice. And so we're all like, whoa, did you see Ben from props? Did you, wait, what's his lips? You know, like it was, it was, you know, <laughs> yeah. we were tripping balls. And even to say too, it was like, it was just trippy to have been in lockdown for a year leading up to that and to even be able to shoot something was great, you know? Yeah. So there was like pluses and minuses obviously to it. It was, it was a well, great experience. And I, so. I also think what was great is because we, you know, all ate breakfast collectively, we would go to a room and pick up a breakfast. It was, a, it was an amazing time where you're not on set, there's no distractions, and I could say, hey, Ryan, what do you think of this? Whereas in usual circumstances, you wouldn't really have that luxury of a director standing in line waiting for, you know, for his eggs. The eggs would be delivered and he'd be onto something else or she'd be onto yeah. something else. So it just had this thing where, you know, at 11 o'clock, if I'm walking down the hall and Ryan's there, you know, it's a perfect time to ask a, a you know, question or insight or blah, blah, blah. And I feel like we did have, it felt like we were at camp. Yeah. Uh, camp, but, you know, uh, mm -hmm. which really, I think, helped. Uh, I, I, I honestly think the film would have been completely different mm -hmm. if we all went home at the end of the night. Mm -hmm. But the fact that we were trapped in this fart cannon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, or if we uh, had trailers. It's almost a militia <laughs> compound that we were was, living on. Yeah. Holiday Inn version of the militia compound. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, right. Ryan, Ryan would invite us. Ryan is one of those rare directors who is so open. He's not. Um, he he doesn't fear uh, people's opinions. So he invited us to to uh, have a beer and come and watch the rushes a couple of nights. And you know, it was very it was a very open collaborative process. And I think part of it is that camp feeling where you're kind of like all stuck together. So why not have a good time? You know. I see. I think I like, and I think you can you can sort of see that as well throughout the film. Like you can kind of see, like I think it really helps to the character to add to the character as well because you kind of really get involved. And again, obviously, fan footage helps towards that to kind of make you feel like these people know each other. But it did really seem like everybody did, so it makes a lot of sense that that was the case. I was wondering as well, though, um, 
obviously a lot of the other projects um, within 94 either have like Easter eggs to various other something in the VHS universe or other non-VHS movies. And I was wondering, was there anything that you would put in or were thinking of putting in that was a sort of Easter egg towards either the VHS universe or just horror films or anything in general? I mean, no, I really liked, I really liked the VHS films. Like even when I got like brought on, I was super stoked and knew a bunch of the filmmakers beforehand and everything but um not necessarily that so much as as it was like you know oh man these are my favorites out of here and like we got to like you know show and prove and do do uh uh be part of the 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 canon but um when we were on set like there was one specific um we were in one of the hallways in the barn and the bar inside the barn was colder than outside just I don't know, because I guess you're just trapped in there. You're out of the sun or whatever. Um, but we're in the hallway and I, I I hadn't, I mean, obviously, you know, snow and horror stuff is and uh, some kind of creature with its mouth uh, dangling open is going to remind you of the thing. Yeah, but uh, when I was in, in, in this hallway, uh, all of the snow had actually, and I'm, I'm from Atlanta and I live in LA, so I don't really know snow. <laughs> all the snow had drifted up on the sides of the hallway itself. And I was like, that looks like the thing. Like we didn't plan that, but I was like, oh, that's a real, that's a real, okay, shit. <laughs> like we're, we're making the thing here. <laughs> so that was my, uh, my Easter egg to myself. And I was like super stoked once I saw that. But yeah, I loved, I loved, uh, um, it was more the, the really cool thing to the VHS series that I didn't <clears throat> know going into it, but when I pitched the uh, when I pitched the script or the concept before I wrote, wrote the script, um, Brad Miska uh, had said their initial concept for it was it would be like like each each segment or it, whatever monster or whatever would be like VHS's take on like a famous monster or a fa you know like a famous sort of uh, uh, legend or whatever. And they hadn't done a vampire yet. So that was really cool to be able to, you know, add like vampire to sort of the VHS lore. It was pretty fun. There we go. So I'm curious, um, <clears throat> were just on set, were any of, um, for you guys as the actors, were any of your role, or were any of your scenes improvised? To add anything to it, I'm just curious. I mean, um, I, they, they, the, the short answer is they didn't make the movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh. um, but, but, you know, the, I think what, what, what the script was so tight. Every, it was like a, it was like a, it was like a, like a, like a little Swiss watch. Like it was it just, everything made such perfect sense. And I think because Ryan could have the confidence that the storytelling of the script was so, um, you know everything everything just led to the other and there was this element of mystery who is the guy why are they killing him over again is this the same thing happening what do we go back in time what is going you know all of those things were such great little mysteries built into the thing i think speaking as as an actor like you know watching someone's process it felt like because he knew what he had and because because of the found footage style you can cover a lot of ground in very little time and you're not doing specific lighting setups because there's no lighting ever it you can you can kind of play 
And so there is like tiny little elements that, that I think made it into the movie. Maybe you guys know what actually made it into the movie, but it's, it, 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 it was more like it made the process amazing. And I think it made the, the, the kind of conversations within those scenes, especially scenes where there was groups or people that were all kind of working together or in the van when we're scoping out the, 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 oh, the like Capitol building, policy. you know, like there was little elements here and there. And it was almost like the, the process was so enjoyably loose that it made us feel like we could add little bits of glue. But, but in the end, I think Ryan, came, when he came back, he, he went back to a nice tight thing to make the movie just like fucking, you know, he, there's not a lot of room for, for kind of like getting to know these guys for the sake of getting to know them, which I love, which is sort of reminds me of the thing. There's not one conversation in the thing that is about like, here's me getting, you know, like talking about something from my past. Everything is about the fucking problem at hand. And you don't have to like or get to know anybody other than like dealing with the problem. So I think I love that about what Ryan did with the edit. But maybe you guys can speak more to what's actually what little moments that made it in. Well, I, th I think for me, uh, because my character, you know, has some highfalutin words, um, I just sort of went back and, and you know, I, I checked out some Bible quotes that might relate to this character. And I bought this new program called Liquid Text. If anyone is doing a research paper or a script, what you can do is you can sort of attach images and quotes to a specific line of dialogue. And then once you press it, it shows you all these sidebars. It's very cool. Anyway, totally geeked out on that. So for me, I sort of had these back pocket things. There were more things for my character to sort of look at before shooting a scene necessarily than, than actually saying them out loud. And I have to say the, the first shot of shooting the prisoner inside, uh, there's this thing called the kabuki, which is this like pipe that comes out the back of their head and sprays banana and, and blood. And because it was so cold, the blood was congealing with the banana and it wasn't happening. So there was one take where, you know, there's dead air. And as an actor, dead air just feels like, should I, should I add to this dead air and create a moment? Or, you know, do we just wait for a special effect? And I'm more, let's add to the moment. And so there was the first time I was sitting there and I was like, oh my God, this is a perfect time for a Bible quote. And it wasn't really a thought. It was an impulse. And it just, I just went, Phew. and I said <laughs> this Bible quote. And all of a sudden I was like, fuck, I'm an asshole. I'm an idiot. This is terrible. Who am I? You know, and all those horrible feelings. And then I looked over and Ryan and he had this like glint in his eye and he was like, keep the quote, you know? <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is amazing. And, and so for that moment, I was like, okay, I'm not going to deliberately add these moments. But when, you know, for example, when I'm talking to the guys in the dark and I say, you know, let's, let's, uh, you know, drink up to the retribution. I'm like, these guys may not know what that means. So then I said the, you know, let's get, you know, cork high and bottle deep. And I was like, <laughs> they wouldn't even know what that means. What's the fucking waste it, you know? <laughs> so it was just this, this freedom where we could do that. Um, but I will say my favorite ad lib wasn't from me. It was from Steve and a helicopter flew by in the middle of one of the takes. And usually in production, you shut that down, you wait. And it was flying over it. And Steve goes, suck on my second amendment. And it was just, oh, it was <laughs> incredible. Really. Incredible. Yeah, and, it was incredible. That, that was a rough day to cut that one because that was in the cut for a long time too, but it just, it didn't make sense in there. Like Steve said, and we just had to keep building the, the narrative. But yeah, no, I, I loved, I mean. Blu-ray, uh, Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, for sure. For sure. Like we got to get all those, like, uh, like I had them 
pull all of those and 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 like prep all of the interviews and stuff so like they're good to go like we should we should definitely use those for the blu-ray or something but um uh which i do think that i've heard that they are going to do like not officially but like they usually do a, like shutter will do blu-rays for stuff so that would be really dope if they do physical media oh, for it yeah. but um uh no like you know some like some of my favorite moments in there are are ad-libs from everyone i do think you know it was like okay the narratives you know it, it is tight you're making a short you know it's like try and keep it as as succinct as possible while still having that life to it and they all brought really great sort of ideas and little character bits one of my favorites is when steve's getting out of the van <laughs> the puddle like there was a puddle there and he, he said something about like thanks for the puddle or whatever like <laughs> That, that always makes me laugh. Um, so yeah, I don't thanks know. Thanks for dropping me in like, front of the fucking puddle, Steve. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. And that's like, again, not uh, like, that, that's just going to happen there. I'm not I'm not writing. I'm not thinking about, oh, there's going to be a frozen puddle there or whatever. So like, that's, those are those. But that that's, I love me at, like, personally, as a filmmaker, I love being able to write and like, or at least be a part of the process of the script so that there is that freedom when we get on set with the actors who feel like, oh, okay, we, we own this, this is our thing. And they can kind of like form it, take it. You know, my job is definitely to get them to where that stuff feels real. And if, and if it helps to throw other stuff in or whatever, or like loosens up the, the vibe of it, like that's, you know, that's like the name of the game. So like they, everybody, I was really like, I mean, we, we, you know, super lucky, but we got like such a great cast together and everyone worked together really well. And we, we've talked about this by ourselves, but just like the fact that like, you know, everybody was like a position player and was like a, a sum of the whole, like does not happen all the time. And everyone did such a, like a great job of like, they get them, they get a moment that where they kind of come out as a character, but then also they're they're all like the ego was so low that they were all really supporting each other, and it builds into like you know this thing that feels real and genuine without like um, like without there being like uh, like a standout or whatever. I don't know. It was it's it, like it really felt like a group like you know effort, which was really fun. And I I per as a director I always loved like, I don't know, being part of the group of the actors and trying to figure it out together. And that's, uh, like, to me, always going to sort of like yield the best results. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love what you say about position players. Like, no ego. Everyone kind of had the same vibe as Ryan. And like, they're all, they're all so, the, the core guys like Daniel, Thomas, uh, Cameron, uh, um, who am I missing? Slavic. Slavic, oh my god! Like they, they were, they were so funny without seeming to try to be yeah. funny. And I still and remember Brendan, the, who played the the monster, who oh always gets short shrift and like, yeah, man, you want to talk about suffering for your art? <laughs> he yeah, like, did such a great job in like, uh, yeah, like a pretty thankless role, but he he nailed it. <clears throat> yeah, but sorry, like, no, 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 just I just what I love about everyone is that they were so innately funny without seeming to try to, to go for the joke. Uh, you know, they, they really played the kind of um, the self-important seriousness 
And I think that that we took our cue maybe from Christian in terms of in terms of that. Like no one, no one was trying to send these people up. Everyone knew that their own innate stupidity of like the way we look is more funny if you play it really serious. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, yeah. Well, I feel like that is the perfect place to sort of round things up. Before we let you go, we have to innate ask... stupidity. Innate stupidity. Yeah. That... I mean, yeah, yeah, 100%. That's the core of the. Yeah. On my fucking tombstone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, before we let you go, we've got to ask everyone, of course, um, the old age question of what is your favorite scary movie? I think I already talked about mine. I rewatched The Thing last year and I just was like, this is the, literally the perfect movie. This has no, not an ounce of fat. Even the crazy, when you see the creature at the end and it's all insane and like, you know, all that stuff they cut out, thank goodness. But but the movie, it's just, I just love movies that let the tension grow from the problem rather than um, this sort of this terrible idea of like making making you like the characters because they have a fucking dog or a child or, you know, some problem. I just love movies that are lean and mean and take no prisoners. So I, the thing I think is, is, is tops in my book. Mm. Uh, I would say for me, it's a tie between the original Dutch version of The Vanishing, which the final moments freak me out, and then probably the animated version of Beaches. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Bette Midler was terrified. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Animated Bette Midler. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the, trolls, I... the trolls version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, uh, my, my classic go-to, uh, I get just Silence of the Lambs or Seven, like serial killer movies just scare the shit out of me. Um, and uh, uh, the Shining, probably. And then my new one that I've been like watching over and over again, it's not super scary, but I guess it's a horror film. I don't know. But uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, just the design and the build of that is like, man, mm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the visuals of that are so cool. And the crazy operatic acting is my favorite. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if you guys are gonna throw, all, I'm gonna throw in audition too because I think that's the one I've seen the most out of all. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, such a great film. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it was great. Oh, and I just recently saw Host <laughs> on Shutter. Have you guys seen we do, that? We love Host. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's great. great. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. I was born in England, so I want to work with those people tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that was that was amazing. The I just watched Cronenberg's Possessor too. The new Brandon Cronenberg Possessor oh, is that really yeah. like a bit of a mind fuck in the way that I didn't yeah. expect. Yeah. That's a good one too. Mm-hmm. There's so many great ones on Shudder. Yeah. On Shudder. 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 On Shudder. <laughs> Children of the Shudder. <laughs> so, well, actually, then there's another good one that I just saw on Shudder as well. The Columnist. Mm. I think it's a Dutch film. Um, and it's just a reporter who, uh, which in appropriate times, uh, gets sick of these Twitter trolls and goes after them. Wow. Sounds like a really happy movie, actually. (laughs) I mean, I was like, I can't fault her for what she's doing. (laughs) By all means. Oh, I think, uh, real quick, we have a special guest. Hey, Ben. Come here. Hey. 
Hey, Ben. Do you have like a little cage for him? <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Benjamin Kitchens, hey. DP of VHS DP Terror. How's it going? I'm trying to switch my speakers over here. We missed you in LA. We're doing a podcast, man. This is the future. Sorry. Never have to see on. each other again. There we go. Hello? Hello. Sorry. Jack this we were just wrapping up but this is cinematographer to the star benjamin kitchens hey hey hi uh, ben shot uh of, of vhs 94 terror fame mm. terror <laughs> yes <laughs> how, was, how was that filming that then we've got to ask you why you're here yeah <laughs> what were the highlights ben of filming vhs 94 uh i don't know Wearing the same outfit that Ryan wore, that also one of the cast wore, I think. Yeah, <laughs> that somewhere. <laughs> He's trying was to fit it, in. Was it, was it you, Steve? Yes, yeah. I think. I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was definitely one of the highlights. I think we had the same Mackinac. Like all three of us had the the, uh, <laughs> yeah, the Walmart. Uh, <laughs> the clothes, the clothes, cigarettes inside of a van from the 1980s was also oh. a highlight. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ben had to ride in the van, obviously. Just keep shoot. smoking, guys. It looks good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was a good uh, Talking about uh, uh, ad libs, uh, Christian, did, you brought that jerky, jerky. which yes. was hysterical. He, had, he brought the beef jerky in and he's chomping on, and it had the, the symbol, like <laughs> the malicious symbol, like magic marker on the baggie itself. And that made me laugh. I don't know how much I should. I, I think you're munching on it on one of the, couple of the shots in the van. But, uh, oh my God. Well, I just, I love that you, I said, can I eat jerky in the scene? And you're like, only if you're smoking between bikes. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite, uh, I mean, that's like a very cheap gimme cinematic joke but uh be like people eating and some while they're smoking is like man so good yeah and era appropriate i feel like 94 people didn't know not to eat yeah. jerky and smoke meats and smoke cigarettes <laughs> <laughs> double smoked yeah. Ooh. Well, I think that's a perfect place to end uh, <laughs> smoking and beef jerky yes <laughs> 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 George, oh, and I did have to say oh. one. Can can I say one final thing? Oh yeah. Uh, Steve's directorial debut was O negative about vampires, and then he's in this movie about vampires, and then he's on Epic's Chapel Wake. Guess what? He's playing a vampire. That's true. <laughs> it's, it's it's paying my child's. Uh, it's paying for his food right now. Yeah. <laughs> the VHS ninety four money is gone though. Yeah, that was gone the weekend. Yeah, that was like one pack of diapers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we we'll have to negotiate for for the series. We might have to negotiate. Yeah. <laughs> George, I'll let you take us. I'm terrible when it comes to wrapping up. I'll let George do it. He he does this professionally. 
Well, what can I say? I am a professional. Um, but no, thank you very much again to um, everyone for listening. And of course, thank you so much to Ryan, Christian, Stephen, everyone for joining us today. It's been an absolute honour. We've loved VHS 94, of course. If you haven't seen it already, which of you haven't, then like, what is life? You can get it off, of course. It's available to stream now on Shudder. And it is the, the, it's the, the best film. It's the highest film. It's just, it's amazing. You need to go and see it. If you haven't seen any of the VHSs, doesn't even matter. Just go and watch this one because it's a lot, a lot of fun. And of course, you can see us again next week with more content. We've got a lot coming, more VHS stuff coming up as well. And make sure that you hit that like button, the subscribe button, and the bell button because if you don't hit that bell button, you're never going to know. And sometimes you Jutaka drops things in just right middle of the night, and you will you won't know it's there. So make sure you <laughs> go and check all of those out as well. But no, thank you so much for listening. And guys, once again, thank you for joining us. It's been we've had such a great time. So, yes, thank, thank you, you. Thank, thank you, you. Thank you so much. All right, right guys. Have a good one. Bye, bro. Bonus uh, Benjamin. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Say okay, bye. Thank you. Bye. You have been listening to the Horror Hour. See you next time.